This is JRD1016 on the Sleeper Streets, and you're listening to the All Formats Podcast. Unparalleled fantasy advice for hashtag all formats. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the All Formats Podcast. Uh, your hosts here at all underscore formats. Uh, we got the Wise Opinion One and Lord Hinky out there. Uh, bringing to you a bonus podcast as we're in summer and kind of a NFL fantasy lull. Uh, we're going to drop a few podcasts every other week just to make sure not only do we stay relevant, but we keep you guys some content out there so you know as you're heading into rookie draft, as you get head into training camp, as you head into you know preseason games, you know some names that need to stay out there need to stay relevant for you. Um, this week we decided to ask the listeners to submit some questions for the pod, so we're going to do a good t- uh, Q and A. Uh, we got ten questions. Uh, from the listeners, actually, we got a few more. We narrowed it down to 10. If time permits, we'll probably throw in a few more. So we just wanted to um, just see what the listeners want to, to know about from our, our fantasy experts. Uh, how are you guys doing out there? How are you guys feeling about these questions? I'm feeling really good here, Joe. Uh, nice to be back. How's everybody doing? Feeling good. Um, yeah, uh, I'm really excited for this one. we got some really good questions to answer here. And um, I think we're going to have some very good discuss- discussions about different forms of the side parts of fantasy football, kind of like the management side, which I think is going to be really cool. Yeah, these are good questions, man. Looking forward, looking forward to them. Okay. All right, that's good. All right, so we're going to dive right in. I'll, I will act as moderator for this one. I'll read the question. I'll throw it to one of you guys, and the other guy can answer when we're done with that. And it, when we're done, I might throw in my five cents if I agree or disagree, if I even like the question. There's one question in here I will not be allowed to answer, and when we get to it, you guys will see why. So before we kick it off, hey, just so you guys know, uh, we put the list together. I sent it to these two guys, so they've seen the list. But what they haven't seen is these first two questions that I'm going to ask because they were submitted to me personally. It's like, hey, don't let them see these beforehand. I want them to, to answer on the spot. So these two questions were directed specifically for you, Lord Hinky. Are you ready? Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> first question. Uh, and then, you know, uh, David, after he answers, you can chime in too. If you're redrafting the 2020 RB class, who are you taking, Hinky? CEH or AJ Dillon? <laughs> that's a, that's actually um a really good question so if i if i'm currently so basically i'm picking right now between ceh or aj Dillon. yeah full disclosure so everyone knows you were you were you were in a fantasy draft and you took ceh one one that year correct i i did jonathan taylor was on the board and i selected the kansas city running back i did um and to even dig myself into a deeper hole, I would probably take AJ Dillon over CEH right now. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. What do you What do you think, David? What are you doing? Yeah, hey. that that was that was an easy answer, man. And, and I'm a Chiefs fan. I, it's AJ Dillon all day. But we got to stop talking about big whatever on AJ Dillon. All right, we, unless you're a female, <laughs> stop pointing that out. That's gotta stop. Okay. Don't get mad at the quad squad. I mean, come on, I don't care about a guy's quads. Okay. I care off. if he can score a touchdown or not. And AJ Dillon has not done that too much yet. He's got a lot of potential. I, I like him. Uh, it's an easy answer right now just because CH is a bust. He's so bad. Uh, okay. All right. That's good. All right. The second question again for you, Hanky. Um, now, this is an easy one, but they wanted to know anyway. Um, you're in the league. You got. Uh, it's a deep league, so you, I, obviously 
your benches are big. You have one final wide receiver spot on your bench, and you have to fill it with one of these guys. Who are you put keeping, Quez Watkins or Jalen Rager? Oh, it's Quez all day, every day. It's easy. I thought that one would be easy. What do you, what do you think, David? Yeah, that's that's easy. Yeah, that's I'll easy. be honest. I, I'm, I'm keeping Rager. And huh. the only reason I'm keeping Rager is because I'm hoping he gets chained and gets traded and he can get a fresh start somewhere else. Because with Quez, he's going to stay in Eagle. He's, he's, he's carved out a role there and he'll be nice, but he's not going to be one, two. He's like the fourth or fifth option. He will always be that behind uh, A.J. Brown, uh, Devontae Smith, Goddard, and whatever running back, Gainwell, Miles is catching the passes. So he'll be behind those guys. So at least if Rager can go somewhere else, he could be a nice wide receiver three option. You know, when Aguilar left, he, he had a little good uh, success in the, the Raiders and things like that. So I would keep Rager, especially if it's the last spot on my roster. <laughs> so, yeah, all right. I just don't think he's mentally – I think mentally he is just a head case. He's got yeah, the yips. Yeah, he's got the yips. <laughs> so is, is Jalen Rager or Markel Fultz, are they the same? Oh, they're exactly the same. They're, it's Nelson Aguilar. It's you know, it's the Ben Simmons. You know, we, we, we tend to have that type of player coming to our city a lot. Okay. So, all right. Anyways, yeah, they wanted me to make sure I surprised with those questions. That's why I wanted to leave with them. I'm glad you guys enjoyed that and get a little fun. So, anyways, all right, we're gonna throw up our first question. Uh, David, we'll throw it to you first. Okay. Um, so if a commissioner changes the roster makeup without a full season's noted. Should there be any compensation for those who had a top 10 performer at an eliminated position, specifically if they made trades the previous year to acquire upgrades at that position? So say like team defenses got voted out or they decided to take tight end premium away to single tight end. They made some changes without a full season notice. Uh, you got to an answer for that one, David. So I got to I got to I'm going to break this up into two parts because you mentioned the second part. Um, the tight end premium thing's a little different. Um, I would probably agree if there's not enough notice, there should be some type of going back towards the team's compensation. Now, a year is way too far out, guys. I, I would say uh, normally in our league, at least in my leagues, what I do is when the season's over, we put up polls to vote. And if those votes uh, pass, then the rule passes. There's no harm there. It's not before free agency started. You're going to have tr past trades. Yes. Past trades are what they are. Um, but you're, you're really not, you're really not going to get uh, too punished on a tight end trade. If you took away a, it from it being tight end premium, you know, you're, you're just reg the regular PPR as, as wide receivers. We probably should tell the listeners where this trade, where this question is coming from though. Uh, most of them probably know, because we most of the listeners are in our leagues, but just in case people don't, there was a poll for to eliminate team defenses in one of our leagues. Now, in fairness to the person asking the uh, to the person that's probably asking the question or whoever is asking the question, okay, I kind of put this fault on the commissioners. And now, in fairness to me, because I'm a co-commissioner in this league, I did try to talk the master commission out from the very beginning of this league to not include team defenses. Um, the team defenses, along with IDPs, were included. I don't know why in the world we thought we could have both, but we had both, okay? Um, now, also in fairness to this league, a lot of the owners that came into the league were redraft people. 
okay, they, they, they've never played Dynasty before. So we got to take all that in account. The, the premise of this question, really the bottom line is, I think this falls on the commissions. We should have never had team defense in, to begin with, okay? Now, I know there is 2% of the population out there that play in Dynasty is like, what are you talking about, team defenses? Um, shouldn't be in the league, in the league. Do we play team offense? When you draft offensive players, you draft them individually, right? You don't draft them as a team. Dyn team defenses do not belong in Dynasty. So that, I would say from the one part of the question, as relating to the defense, there's no harm, no foul here because they shouldn't have been in the league to begin with. Now, if we're talking about another position, and again, I don't, we're probably talking about uh, eliminating PPR versus non-PPR, um, because we're not going to eliminate a quarterback. We're not eliminating a running back. We're not eliminating a tight end. Um, now, we might eliminate some flex positions, right? Um, but that's not going to hurt you too much either. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else with that one that you got there, Hinky? Uh, no, I don't have much to add. I guess the only other aspect of this would be kind of like draft picks to where if you're in like a dynasty league and you have five rounds of rookie draft, um, I think a, like a year or two years notice would be good for like draft picks. So play, people don't trade picks that are going to be worthless in a few years. That would be the only other aspect of this. I would say you would definitely need like a pretty decent amount of time in advance. And if those weren't giving, I do believe you should receive some kind of compensation for it. But, um, you know, no one's really, like David said, taken away a starting QB or taking away like a wide receiver position. So I don't think that aspect comes into it, but it's like the little things I think you should give at least an off season's notice for most changes you're going to do to your fantasy leagues. And, oh. and just to add, and I don't want to harp on this too much, but it says top 10 performers at eliminated position. The team defense was eliminated. That, that kind of pretty much makes our point here. Okay. At least my point, you should not have a top 10 team defense performer We've had this discussion before. Oh, no, 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 hold on. Hold on. No, I yeah. know what you're saying, but what the yeah. specific question is, he had a top 10 team defense. So not top 10 scoring of, of all fantasy. I got the, you. The defense he had was a top 10. I think it was like the, the Cleveland Browns at like a top four defense. And he just wanted, you know, he traded for them and wanted, hey, now that now they've been eliminated. And, got oh, you. I, I got it. Yeah. I see that point. But it, and, and that's tough. That's tough. But I, I just think an offseason is enough time. And, um, and in that league, people that that people weren't in that league, we've discussed this a couple of weeks ago. I'll just reiterate it: the top defenses scored more than like your top wide receivers, your top running backs, your top quarterback. This can't happen. It's dynasty. If this was redraft, different conversation. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, we're gonna move on to question number two. Uh, we'll throw this over there to you, Junior. Uh, the ongoing Deshaun Watson saga. Um, if people are loyal listeners, they know uh, how, how you and David feel about David and Joku. So this question came from one of the listeners. If Deshaun Watson is suspended for the whole year, are we still buying in Joku? Yeah, that whole case is getting a little weird now, huh? I saw he um, decided to settle in like most of the cases. I think there's still a couple that are unsettled, but it's looking more and more like he's going to try and get it out of the way and just take suspension and try and move on, which I don't know how well that's going to work, but that's another discussion. But um, if he does get a full year suspension, 
Um, I'm still a fan of Njoku as a player, and the opportunity is still there. Obviously, it's a little bit lower with Watson. Um, in my opinion, I would be trying to trade for Njoku as soon as the Watson suspension comes alive and whatever it ends up being. If it is a year, I would still try to buy Njoku when that happens. I think his price would be a little bit lower. And I still believe in the opportunities he's going to get, and I still like him as a player. Um, but any suspension loss he gets, I'm trying to buy and joke through as soon as that suspension hits. Okay. Okay. David? Yeah, buy him cheap when the, when the uh, suspension hits. Um, now, to be fair, this, question's about, this question can be asked for every single offensive player on the team, right? Um, because once Watson – Jacoby Brissett is going to be this. Hey, maybe Baker Mayfield, who's not going to get traded, is still a starter, right? And wouldn't that be ironic? Um, but um, for any player, if if you have the opinion that hey, I should not, if Watson's not there, then I don't want any part of this offense. And I, and I completely understand that. I would, I would, I would agree with a lot of that. Don't go buy in any of these players, right? Oh, if you can get them cheap, right? Now, if you get them, everyone's always got a price, mm-hmm. right? It's stock market. Right. I hear you. Um, my, I th- my feeling on this is, like, if you're if you're going to buy the Ninjoku, then, then go ahead and buy Ninjoku, regardless of who the quarterback is. It's like you and you said, like, you believe in the player and the talent. I'm not just going to go ahead and get them. Um, even uh, maybe I do wait a little bit. Maybe I try and get ahead of the curve now. I try and get out now. And then, you know, you just you slide it to the DMs with the guy and be like, yo, man, Watson might miss the whole year. You sure you want to hold on to this guy? And maybe a little bullying. Uh, I learned that one from Senior, right, because he loves to bully people in his trades and his leagues. But uh, but other than that, like, I've been telling people, like, I don't think – I think week one, Deshaun Watson is the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Um, I'm not saying he won't get suspended. I'm just saying week one, all in for week one, whatever comes down, him and his union and whatever they're going to file their appeals he's going to play and they're going to work out some kind of agreement where he misses some time at some point so week one he'll still be there so if you can go get in joku or any of these players now and watson might get those first 10 games or first 12 games they might help you out there before he even has to serve a suspension so do that um all right we're moving on to question three uh this is a question i will not be bothering to answer uh hopefully this is a quick one uh david we'll start with you uh, is Josh Allen the consensus one one in Superflex startups this year? I will say the offseason startups have done there has not been a consensus consensus one one. Um, there's three guys at the top, and I wouldn't argue with taking any of the three. Um, Allen's one, Mahomes is two, Herbert is three, and we we probably should uh, emphasize that's Superflex drafts. Yeah. So, but. I would I would go if I, I haven't had one one, but if I went if I had a one one, I would go uh, Josh Allen. Um, just what I've seen in Superflex startups, all th- those are the top three, and they and they flip flop every draft. Okay, Junior. Yeah, um, for me, it's it is Josh Allen, and it's pretty pretty. Cer- I'm pretty certain it's Josh Allen for me. There's a little bit of a gap, but I still like if you want to make the case for Mahomes, I can see that. For me, I don't think Herbert's in the the one-on-one conversation, I think he's, I, I kind of have Mahomes and Allen in a tier and then Herbert in that next one. But um, for me, it is Allen and it's pretty, it's pretty cut and dry for me. Okay, so then let, let me piggyback on this then. So you said those are the three names at the top, David. Well, after those three names, do we, you still want quarterbacks or where, do, where does the first wide receiver or running back come at the, uh, before we go back to quarterback? 
So I would pro I mean, I don't have a problem with quarterbacks going there, but I've pretty much seen it and I kind of agree with this. I would jump in and go Jefferson and Chase. Um, after those three quarterbacks. After today. those three, after those three quarterbacks. Then I would probably add another quarterback or two. And then I would go Jonathan Taylor. People are taking Jonathan Taylor way too high, guys. Again, this is running back shelf life. Um, I've seen Jonathan Taylor go one three in startups. Don't take a running back that early in a in, in a super flex startup. I just wouldn't do it. I, I, Jonathan Taylor is like a one eight to one nine pick for me. Okay. What about you, Junior? What quarterbacks uh, coming off the board before you get to a, a, another position? For me, to be honest, I'm huge on Jonathan Taylor. Um, for me, I would I wouldn't even think about him at the one three. I know David said probably not to, but I would. I personally take him at the one four in a startup I did a couple of days ago. Um, I do like John Taylor a lot, but I think I would, it's kind of, for me, it's Mahomes and Allen, well, it's Allen and Mahomes, and then you could talk me into a JT, and it's probably a Herbert, and then after that, I start thinking top wide receiver, the JJ, the Jamar Chase, and then after that, it's kind of like Burrow, and then you're going down another tier, okay. so for me, it's probably right around there, the one four, one five. All right. Sounds good. Um, I just, before we move to the next question, I just noticed neither one of you guys say anything about Burrow. I, from some of the super flex stars I've seen, like he's been in that one-one conversation. Are you guys not seeing that? I have not. Let me pull up one that was recent. Okay. He went um, one-five in the league. I was, uh, I just uh, did a start of the other day. Which, mm -hmm. I mean, I love Joe Burrow, but I think that's still a little high. So. One nine. I got him in one nine on this one. Oh wow. Okay. All right. No, I just you know, you know, you, you know everything Twitter tells me. I got to believe. So, um, all right. Uh, we're moving on. Now uh, we're going down to question four, Junior. We're throwing this one at you uh, because everyone knows. So you did the first write up for the twenty three RB class. Sure, we got some mm -hmm. more samplings coming in. So, what are the chances that the twenty three RB class does not live up the hype to the hype? Will it be better or worse than the J? I'm sorry, the Ceh running back class. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I, it's hard for me seeing it not hit. I don't under, uh, I don't see a world where at least you know four of these guys aren't RB one such RB twos, in my opinion. So I don't think it's going to not hit if that makes any sense. Um, but comparing it to the 2020 class, so the 2020 class we had Jonathan Taylor was up there, Antonio Gibson, James Robinson had ended up being RB7 that year. And then we had the DeAndre Swift with J.K. Dobbins, and then sadly the CEHs all finished as um, RB2s at least. So that is kind of like a, a large group of people falling in RB2s. I think this class has an opportunity to have a lot of running backs finish as RB1s. Uh, in my opinion, it's like Jameer Gibbs, Deacon Robinson, Zach Evans kind of have an RB1 feel for me. So I would say it has an opportunity to be better. But I mean, having six players as finishing as RB2s is a lot. Um, I, I, in my personal opinion, I love the whole class. I would probably take, you know, the over if in sense that this was a bet. I, I think it, at worst, it's very similar to the 2020 class. Okay. Dave? It's going to be better. I mean, some of those running backs you mentioned. Sure, they've probably finished running back too, but I mean, are we really, really overly excited about Antonio Gibson right now? Yeah. I mean, Washington's not. I mean, you got Brian Robinson, you got um, what's to get McKissick. Um, 
Patterson's there. Um, Swift hasn't done a ton. Uh, isn't Cam Cam Akers? Cam, Akers. Yeah. Cam Akers can't stay healthy. I mean, uh, but John, but Ro- I can't say his first name right, so I'm just gonna say his last name. Robinson, Zach Evans, Jameer Gibbs, Sean Tucker, Tank Bisbee. I mean, I'm not taking. I'm only taking JT over over any of those these backs in the 2020 class. JT is the only one I I would take over those six that were just listed. Um, and it's not just those six. Kendall Milton, I'm really excited about. Blake Corum from Michigan's another one. Israel Abenekande from Pittsburgh is coming on. Marshawn Lloyd, I wouldn't touch him because he's injury prone from South Carolina, but. If he has the year, he had a good spring. If he has the year as a five-star recruit, he's going to go pretty high. Devin Ockane from Texas A&M. Um, Kendra Miller from T- TCU is pretty good. Tavian Thomas from Utah. Travis Dye, I'm not really huge, but he's a, he's getting a lot of uh, hype at USC right now. Those guys probably fall in the 2020s, right, after those top six. I could probably group those with the 2020s. Uh, but those top six, outside of JT, um, I I would be surprised if they don't hit. Yeah, I also think that we're getting to a point now where there's a lot of running backs on teams that are getting to ages where teams can move off of them. Like there's a lot of running backs coming on to their contract years. So I think this whole, there's a lot of names in the 2023 class that you might think, oh, not all of them are going to get the opportunity to come in and actually play. But I really think there's going to be a huge turnover in running backs in the NFL. And a lot of these guys are going to come in with good opportunities and, you know, big running back rooms. They can come in and see a lot of touches. Yes, it's it's definitely the running back is definitely going to change over next year and even 2024. We won't get into too much of that, but. Uh, if you ask, if you ask, if a lot of the, a lot of the experts now are saying Robinson's not even drafted yet, he's they would rank him three or four as far as in the dynasty rankings of running backs. It's insane. That, that is insane. Um, but so just to counter a couple of those arguments, David, like Gibson, he's finished RB thirteen and twelve. So why why are we knocking Gibson? I, I know what you're saying yes, they they keep competition there and whatnot, but so, like he's 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 still finishing. Uh, low end RB one, top top end RB two, and there's no reason why that should expect to change in the next couple of years. And yes, players fall off cliffs, and and you know they no they don't obviously always get better, but they can't stay consistent. And the guy I'm going to use as an example is a guy no one likes to talk about, and you know he's he's a guy that's a pariah on most fantasy teams. But when Ezekiel Elliott plays more than 10 games, he finishes as an RB1. Tolly Pollard is the better running back on that roster, but we're going to knock Zeke. I think Gibson's going to go that same route where he's just going to be a consistent for five or six years, still be that high, be that RB1 every year, regardless of who's coming into the league. Hey, you ain't got to sell me on Zeke. You know that. <laughs> uh, everybody wants to kill him, but hey, people don't want to hear this. He's the... the the main back that's finished RB1 the most besides Kamara, okay? And I, we got to stop talking about Tony Pollard. I'm not saying I don't like him. We just got to wait for him to be a free agent and leave Dallas because Mike McCarthy don't like Tony Pollard. That's why you buy him now. That's why I told everyone to buy Madison. So, uh, but back to your Gibson point, you got to follow the team's actions, okay? A third-round pick is a pretty high pick to be taking a running back when you are in love with your running back. And then when you hear the coach say, Hey, they're going to split 
And then you got J.D. McKissick as well. So I don't want to make this Antonio Gibson yeah. podcast, but I'm just telling you, um, I, I'm very scared about Gibson. Okay. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, where are we coming up to? Question five. Oh, yeah, right back at you, David. So this is to you personally, right? Not, you know, Twitter, not any consensus. What What is the most annoying part of fantasy football to you personally? That's a good question, man. And then don't give me two defenses either. I know. You already ran about that. <laughs> I can't give you that. Uh, and, I, and, I, and a cop-out, because we've had this discussion too, and I won't give you this one. It's best ball, right? I can't give you that yeah, one either. Yeah. Give, me, give me something people uh, haven't heard yet. Uh, I, I, a new one for me, and I, and I want to change in a couple of leagues. I will at least put a vote to, to uh, in a, a lot of our leagues is waivers, man. I think it, I, I would like to – that's the annoying part to me. I think it both of them become, should become fab moving forward um, just because I think it's too easy to put in a claim and then, you you know, put some dollar amount on it, you know. that I think besides that, I don't really have too many annoying parts. Um, a lot of people will say submit lineups, but, again, that's kind of my best ball thing. In, in, but, yeah, I don't have too many annoying parts. I, lo- I love fantasy. Uh, let me rephrase that. I love Dynasty, Debbie, and C2C. I don't play no redrafts anymore. No, everyone, everyone knows you're a redraft champ. You said it a couple of pods ago, but okay. Yeah. I know that wasn't too much for you, but I just don't have a lot, a lot of annoying parts with it. That's fine. Junior, what about you? What, what's annoying to you personally? Yeah, it's kind of similar. Like, I love all the different aspects of Philly, uh, fantasy. So um, the most annoying part to me would probably just be um, being in a league with inactive owners, you know, people that you send trades to and they don't get back to you for weeks or months and they don't negotiate with you or they don't, like, communicate in any way. Um, that would probably be my most annoying thing. I kind of like having chats that are active and, you know, being able to have communications with people about, you know, trades and values and stuff like that. So I would just say inactive leagues that are just kind of quiet and a little bit boring. Oh, I got. I came up with one. If I can, if I could jump back in. All right. And this is Dynasty. Um, it's Dynasty. We gotta stop reacting to every little bit of piece of news, um, and then judging our players off of that. Is this a Traylon Burks take? It could be, <laughs> but it could also be people. It could also be people that were practically giving away Jerry Judy last month because there was a, an incident. <laughs> and they didn't let to see how that incident play out. And then everyone's talking about, oh, he's a bum, and uh, and, and and he's gonna get in trouble. And 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 I'm not, I'm not discounting that. It's just let let it play out before we determine the value, right? No, I hear that. Um, for me personally, you guys know what my most annoying part is, and we're gonna talk about this a little more uh, when we get to question nine. But for me, it's trade the trade block. All right. It's, it's bottom line. It's like if, if, if you go to the grocery store or you go to a hardware store, you go to any store, when someone puts something for sale, they put a price so you know if you can afford it. Don't put a block, a guy on a block and I ask for the price. He's like, send me an offer. <laughs> what? Okay, $1. I was like, no. If you're going, if you're trying to actively move someone, give them a general idea what the price is going to be. It might cost you $150. It might cost you $50. Like, hey, I'm putting Josh out on the block. I'm looking to get at least two first and a young wide receiver. Maybe that's a starting point. But you throw something out there like that. Don't just be like, send me an offer. 
Oh, no, send me an offer. You don't know. Then you don't want to trade them, take them off the block. That, that's my biggest pet peeve, and I will leave leagues because of that. Um, we'll, we'll get more into that later because there's a trade question uh, coming up. But that's- And I totally disagree with you on that, so we'll, we'll discuss that. <laughs> so, all right, um, we're moving on to number six, Junior. Um, so you've been doing a lot of startups lately, so this, I'm glad this one landed for you to start. What strategies should one employ uh, when they're doing a startup or should they steer clear of? Like, so say you have a specific strategy going in, do you stick with that strategy throughout the draft? Do you, do you, do you change direction depending on how it's falling? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I absolutely love this question because I think it talks about the beauty of fantasy football itself is because there is no right answer. You could do whatever you want. And it doesn't even have to, you don't have to stick with it the entire time. You could just switch on a fly depending on what your picks are. I think there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Obviously, the basic ones are, are you going to try and win now or are you going to try and play for the future? But there's, you know, the zero RBs, which is what my guy Joe over here likes to do. There's, there's you know, zero QB strats and super flex leagues. There's so many different ways you can go about it. And none of them are 100% the right answer. So I think that's what's beautiful about fantasy. You can do any of it, then it might work. But in my personal opinion, I like to try and get, um, depending on my first couple picks, will determine what I want to do with my team. So if I have an earlier pick and some of the startup drafts now, and we're talking, say, for the Superflex League, I'm probably trying to grab Josh Allen, another top QB, and then another running back, and I'm probably going to go and try to win now. But then on the other hand, if I have a pick towards like 10, 11, 12, and I come around on that turn, that's a really nice place to try and grab some young QB, something like a Trevor Lawrence, a Trey Lance, you know, someone like that. And then you can kind of go a little bit younger, play for more of the future. So in my personal opinion, I let my position in the draft kind of determine what I want to do with my team and startups. But I mean, there's a million different ways you can do it and none of them are actually the right answer. Ooh, I, I like that answer. What about you, David? So there is only one right answer. <laughs> this, this is startup. Okay. Do not. This is probably another annoying part to me that I should have mentioned in back to dynasty was started. People love running back too much. It's shelf life, man. You are going to hate yourself drafting a running back over when you have a high pick in three years, that running back is out of the league. And you're looking at Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase still blowing up on somebody else's team. Okay. You do everybody wants to, it's it's just a redraft mentality. Okay. And I and I get that, but so back to the strategy, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Okay. If you got a top five super flex pick, you probably should go quarterback. After that, concentrate on. Your, your wide receivers. Build young wide receivers. Don't don't try to take Cooper Cup in the fourth or fifth round. Don't do that. Um, and also, now, I say all this, but it also is you got to be in the you're, you got to be in the moment in the draft and watch how the value is going. Right? If that value is so good that's dropping to you, then yeah, go ahead and remix it. Um, but stick to drafting young wide receivers. And, and just let values fall to you in the startup draft. Um, that's probably the best I will say. You can, if 
Junior, you've done uh, startups. The running back values are dropping. I'm telling you, I saw Zeke. I, I got to look where Zeke went into this one. He's a great value. That's a, one of the reasons why you can not take a running back early and get Zeke very, very late. I want to say mm-hmm. he went like round seven or eight. Yeah, there's a, I think there's even more. I, I was in a couple startup drafts where players like Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has fallen to like fifth round from some of these, like fourth, fifth round with that big He's yes. even like 26, 27. So there is, there is, running backs themselves are definitely dropping in all these startups. Ezekiel Elliott won 8 12 in this draft. Okay. Now, yeah. P, I, I understand the hate for Zeke, right? But at least for this year, he's, pro- if you build your team right, he's probably going to finish low running back one, high running back two, and then just go to your rookie draft next year and draft a rookie running back to replace him. But you still have your young wide receivers. Okay. I like that. Uh, and you guys know me well enough that I don't even need to answer this question, but like, I'm a, well, hey, if I start one strategy, I'm, I'm going to stick to it because that's just, that's just what I do. Like, I, I, gotta, I, I can't pivot mid-draft because now I'm fully committed to it. Um, unless something crazy happens, but like I like I think Junior said it best. Best the uh, first two or three rounds would dictate the way you want to go and your positioning. Like if I am at the top of the draft, I was like, oh, for me, I hate one one. Um, I if I get a one one, I'd love to trade out of it, uh, get some more picks, and then move back five or six spots. I, I need people to make decisions for me. I can't make my own decisions. And, um, but also like it can help you. You know, you you take the guys that you like. Like, oh, now you started out your draft and you've taken Josh Allen, uh, Jamar Chase, and and um, I don't know whatever the CD Lamb. Well, now you know. Hey, you got a good young team. You can you can you can get your Zeke's in the eighth round. You can get your uh, Alvin Kamara's in the seventh and et cetera. You can you can win now and build you know going forward because you got that young core. So I do agree with both those. Or if you want to go zero RB, people think zero RB. Is just like, oh, I'm not driving running back to the 12. No, zero RB is taking Ezekiel Elliott in the fourth. That's still zero RB. It's drafting Saquon Barkley in the fifth. That's zero RB means I'm not taking JT Cam. I'm not taking a, a running back in the first, second, and third. That I need to have these RB1 guys that will probably not be RB1s in the next two or three years. So zero RB is if I, you can start that as early as a third, as late as you want to. But it doesn't mean you're not drafting them later. It just means you're not taking that those one through ten guys early. You're, you drafted Jamar Chase in the first. You come back with CD in the second. You taken uh, Elijah Moore in the third. You taken uh, DJ Moore in the fourth. Yes, Elijah's going above DJ. But then and then you hit the fifth round and Saquon's there. Yo, I'm still in zero RB. I'm gonna grab him off the board. So different strategies, different ways. I've heard people going zero QB. I think my next startup, I'm gonna attempt that where I'm taking Aaron Rodgers in the fifteenth or something. <laughs> but we'll see how that goes. But the best thing, like I feel, Junior did say it best. You can go anyway, and none, none right, none wrong. It's it's how you want to build your team. So I I, I think that's a hundred percent the right answer. Let me give you a couple more. Hit it in this in this startup. Miles Sanders won eleven oh three, and you know I don't like Miles Sanders. I hit smash draft on that. I've been trying to acquire him everywhere. I'm trying to look at the other one. Kareem Hunt won 11.05. Oh, I don't like CEH. Can't see I don't like CEH, but I'll take him at 10.11. <laughs> yeah, his value has been dropping recently. Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh, where we move up to, uh, here you go, David. The next one's for you to start. Um, 
when you're looking to expand your fantasy portfolio, is Debbie a good entry into C2C or should someone go right into a C2C league and skip Dude, Debbie completely? Do not go right into C2C. Debbie is the way to go. Get your feet wet. You can you can find a lot of cheap Debbie leagues as well. You got to start there though. Um, it kind of gives you the foundation in my opinion. CTC can be really overwhelming. Um, it's you, it's running it just like you run on the NFL side. And I would definitely recommend Debbie as the entry level into that first. And again, Debbie, if people don't know, you, you, you're, you're drafting them. Um, and a lot of leagues you use place kickers as placeholders and you draft them. And they're, they count towards your roster, but obviously there are no points or anything like that. Um, but you're not setting a lineup. And, and you don't have 45-man roster. So if you jump right into C2C, you have to manage a 45-man roster. And then a lot of them don't do best ball. You got to submit lineups. Yeah, you're going to be hating yourself. I would definitely do an entry-level Debbie first. Okay. Junior, anything uh, to go with that? Um, I think I would tend to agree. Uh, I am one who personally just got into his own Debbie for the first time. And I think I've already made a couple mistakes. So it's been going pretty well so far. Um, so I would I would definitely say I think Debbie itself is a really good, you know, getting your feet wet, as we were saying before. Um, I was in a C2C league last season, I believe, where I can understand it's definitely overwhelming. There's a lot of times you're like, I don't know any of these players, let's just pick somebody. Um, so it is can be overwhelming at times. So I agree with David on that aspect. I would definitely say, you know, if you want to get into the college side a little bit more, I would definitely start out with Debbie. Okay. Um, all right, next question up. We're coming to you, Junior. Um, we all know about the big Russell Wilson news uh, from earlier in the offseason, moving over to the, the Denver uh, horses. Uh, so the question is, can K.J. Hamler be Denver's Tyler Lockett with Russell Wilson in the center? Man, this is, this is going to be really tough to say because – I am a huge Penn State fan, and KJ Hamler had a lot of very good seasons for Penn State. But I just don't know if he's going to be able to make it. The guy is way too injury prone. He is probably one of the smallest wide receivers in history. He is so small. I just, could he be? I mean, sure. But I am not putting any chips on KJ Hamler becoming, you know, an even feasible wide receiver and dynasty anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I, he's even eligible for taxi squads now. I think he's been on he's been on the IR for two straight years. It's really hard to say anything about him. So I would probably say I would put my hat in the no portion of this answer. Okay. David? This is definitely no. So you just hate Hamlet because of his size. We got to stop talking about <laughs> KJ Hamlet. This has been a talk all off season. He's the receiver to own. Why? He's five foot five. Come on. And he's, and, and he's injury. Pro- I can see if KJ played a lot of games the past two years and put up big numbers, right? And, and didn't drop passes. Okay. I, I, I could see that. Then we can have that discussion, right? Um, we can't have that discussion here. He can't stay healthy. And you know, and you know my stance on injury prone. It's bad enough he's small, it's just injury prone. I can't win with you if you're not on the field. Um, he is on – he could should be on rosters, right, because a lot of people play with 35-man rosters, taxi squads. There's nothing wrong with that. Put him on your roster. Just don't expect him to be Tyler Lockett. What kind of question is this? 
what was Tyler Lockett before Russell? Tyler, I mean, that's a serious question because I don't, I don't remember. I, mean, him, I don't, so I don't. Maybe I, I missed it. I have to go back and look at his numbers. Uh, but he was healthy and he at least played decently. I think you were. He was at least healthy his first two or three years. Okay, KJ and. I don't want to be too hard on KJ. That's the big, that's the big problem here. I wish he was healthy. If he was healthy the last two years, I think this is a legitimate question. So I apologize saying what kind of question is that? Okay. Cause it is a legitimate question. If he's healthy, he just hasn't been healthy. When did, uh, when did Russell hit the league? Let me go to my friend Google. Cause I, I just brought Tyler Lockett. Was this Russell? I mean, the draft room with Russell and his girlfriend was hilarious that year. Hey, too soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I love those memes where they're, like, sitting they're the two pictures next to each other and him, and then now his new, like, wife. Draft oh, year. Yeah. Russell was drafted in 2012. He was a sixth quarterback taken. All right, so, hit, hit the Seattle 2012. It would have helped if you – if I knew this. We would we could have done some homework on this. Yeah, Wait, having the listeners wait to you had, you had the questions. So poor anyways, host, poor host. I apologize. I'm just saying. So, like, if you look at it, like his career number. So Russell's been. So Russell's already there three years. The guy he's missed what two games in the last since he's been in the league. It looks like. Um, so that's a better question, though. Be- before we go any further, that's a better question. It's, is he's been in the league eight years? He's 29 years old. How many games has he missed? KJ has probably missed more in two years than he's Tyler has missed his whole career. Yeah, Tyler's missed two, and KJ's only played 13 in the last two years. So. Sorry. I appreciate the question. Respect the question. Conversation over. All right. Moving on. Um, where are we at? Oh, number nine, David, coming to you. Trade negotiation etiquette. Talk to me how trades are built, how you start a dialogue. How do you get the correct price? Go ahead. Are you love the question? This might be the next 30 minutes, people. So buckle up. Love the question. To me, it's my favorite out of all the questions. Love it. Um, And and I'm not trying to be biased, but I'm a very good trader. Very good. Um, You can't start a trade until you start a discussion, right? I personally, no, no disrespect to our host. I personally don't do the trade block. I don't believe in the trade block. Well, first of all, all your players should be on the trade block. This is a stark market, okay? Up, down, up, down. When they're up, take advantage, sell. When they're low, try to go buy them if you like the player for a decent price, right? So all your players should be able to trade. It's not, shouldn't be necessary. Sleeper, get rid of that, okay? It's, it's not necessary. Um, I don't ask prices for that. I just... I like to do a lot of trades on the quiet. Okay. I don't do public negotiations because then everybody else jumps into it. Right. I want to do it on quiet. So what I normally do, if I like a player, I normally do start off with an offer. Okay. I let it sit there for a little bit. What I mean a little bit, probably about an hour or two. And junior knows this because me and junior have done this. We did this in an off season with one of our trades. I will normally hit you up in a direct message. Say, Hey, this is the offer I sent. Are you interested? Though I just say, no, I can't move that player. Then obviously you move on to the next team, right? The next offer. But then you come back and say, you know what? I got a counter offer or I really can't do that, but I can do this, right? So you kind of keep that dialogue going. It's kind of hard if that person doesn't dialogue back with you. But if they don't dialogue back with you, then you're not making a trade anyway, okay? 
Um, that's how I do it. I I make a ton of trades. Now I do I do know I have a lot of leagues, <laughs> so it's probably easy to make a ton of trade with a lot of leagues. But I make a ton of trades, and that's where the, the way I do it. For example, I'll give you one today that both of our participants, Junior and Joe, uh, the host, were in this draft as well. It's a Debbie draft. I think it was like pick twelve. I sent I sent over an offer. I waited. I direct messaged the owner and said, "Hey," and it's a kicker, by the way. So that and sometimes the kicker doesn't give you. I said, "Hey, this is a uh, man. What's the wide receiver? Zay Flowers. This is Zay Flowers and my two seven for your one twelve. Are you interested? I'm not really interested. I'm not a Zay Flowers fan. Okay, but I do like." David Bell and I do like Quentin Johnson. Whoa, 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 Quentin Johnson. That's a that's a non-starter conversation. Okay, but anyway, I was like, okay, I pro- I really like the player at twelve that I was going to take as a Debbie player, um, Devin Brown from o- OSU. My quarterback's a little old, so I said, hey, I will do David Bell for this pick, which is one twelve. I love David Bell. Don't 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 think I don't. I, I like him. I just, my team is really, besides quarterbacks, my Debbie team is really good in that league. I can afford to give up David Bell. So um, he came back and said, I count, I give you a counteroffer. I go look at the counteroffer and it's Kareem Hunt in 112 for uh, David Bell in 27. So I came back and said, nice try. I, I, I gave it, I gave it a nice try. I can't, I, I can't, if I'm giving up David Bell, it has to, it has to be just for that pick. I can't give up also my second round pick. Plus, um, I'm not a fan of Kareem Hunt. I, I don't like that's where that situation is going with all their options. And I don't think they'll cut them, but it's possible. possible. And I, and I kind of ended it saying, you know what? Because he's like, I'm going to make my pick. Go make your pick. You know, we're done. It was nice negotiating. You always say, understand that we can't make a deal or, or hey, you know, we can still talk about it. You know, be nice about it. So, so the next trade, if you don't make the trade with them now, down the road, you can still possibly make a trade because you kept it kind of civil, right? Um, he came back and said, no, you know what? That's fine. He knew he was pushing a button. He said, I'll offer you the, the trade that you want. And I, I made the trade. So that was kind of, that's kind of how I did the negotiations. Cool story, bro. And normally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, like, yo, yes, negotiation. I, I have no problem with negotiation. But from everything you just said, my, this is my biggest problem. So, like, how do you even know you can even afford a player? I'm not gonna walk into so, the Louis Vuitton store thank you. because of the prices I know. So if someone's like, hey, David Bell's on the block, I'm like, okay, let me check my wallet. Hey, what's the price? He's like, hey, I'm looking for a second round pick. I was like, you know what? I got a couple of those. Let me slide in. Like, yo, I need a 23 first or nothing else. I was like, I can't afford that. I'm automatically out. I'm not gonna try. This is what you're looking for. So if I send you a trade right away, like, hey, let me send you Kareem Hunt and a third round pick. And it's like, no, oh, let me send you uh uh this guy and a four, and another third round pick. No, because you know that guy know he wants the first, but he didn't say that. Now I'm just sending trades, get rejected. Now you're building bad trade dialogue. The guy just keeps rejecting everything. Well, tell me what you want. Once you so, put the, pr- so, the price out there, the area, it doesn't have to be specific. I, I know that. It's not like, unless it's someone say, hey, I'm dead set. This is all I want. 
I did that one time. I had the one, two, and one, three in a rookie draft. I was like, if someone wants to send me Josh Allen, you can have both these picks. I, I get that. But for the most part, give a general idea of what you're looking to get to. Or even if it's a position you're looking to strengthen on your team. So I know if I can pull out my wallet and come and and, and, and make an offer or put something together, if I don't know how much it's going to cost, like we're going to we're going to skip and avoid that because now we're going to we could possibly end up having a bad trade dialogue because it's like, no, I don't want that. Reject. Okay. Now you want to trade a player that, that you don't want to your team but you want me to build the trade for you that's not how it's going to work we're either going to build it together or you're going to give me an idea of what i'm starting to offer and that's where we go so you should already know that as a dynasty owner no 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 back up because the ranking because the rankings and value you should know if you don't know i know i know you know you everyone else use people differently i see yo i've got josh jonathan taylor in two off seasons without trading a first round pick at all now, now can I'll look you so, trying so, to trade Jonathan Taylor now, or is, is it the same thing? So, so you're trying to you're asking that price because you're trying to underbuy. No, I'm not trying to underbuy. I want to know what Yo, I need Joe, to offer. You, me and you do a lot of trade conversations, and you know that I know that. No, I know, that's I the know. reason. That's the reason. You, 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 and I'm not trying to say this is wrong, right? Because everybody has to feel like they gotta win a trade, right? That's another etiquette about me too. I'm all you guys have made trades with me, and and I, and I think you know that. I will lose more trades than I win because I will always try for it to be a fair trade. Okay. So that comes back to the value in the rankings. That's the price. You look at that. That's, that, that, that's not the price. Someone says that this guy is a wide receiver one. You don't feel he's a wide receiver one. I'm not going to pay those prices because the rankings are telling me DJ Moore, the wide receiver one, I should pay a wide receiver one prices. I'm not doing that. But if the guy says, Hey, I'm looking to move on from this player. He's still young. You know what I'm saying? A first and a second can get him. I was like, okay, that's not a wide receiver one price. I'm willing to pay that. I'm not trying to underbid anything. I, I, you know how many trades I've lost and I continue to, but if I know what the price starting range is, and sometimes if it's a player that I want, I'm going to overpay, which I've done, I, you know, you guys know when we just did this draft, like I was throwing four first round picks out just to get to Josh Allen. And I was this close to, to pulling that off and, and I couldn't do it. That's an overpay. And I got no problem with that. But the, the price is the price is a starting point. It's like, hey, this is how much it would cost you just to eat to get to the table. Hey, I'm going to start here. Hey, I can't even afford to get at this table to know I know I'm not even going to start the dialogue. I, I agree. Dialogue, negotiation, 100 percent. You guys can talk You can go back and forth. But if I don't have enough money, well, why am I going to start a dialogue for me to, at the end of the day, like, oh, I can't really afford that. So, hey, nice talking to you, bro. So now it's like I'm coming in here, coming at you with a fake offer, and you spend this whole time talking to me, and we, we get nothing. If I know I can't afford it, then we're not even no need in us having a conversation. If it's something I'm willing to pay, then we start the conversation. Even if nothing comes of it, we had good conversation. We're going to agree to disagree on this one. Yeah. Look, we've talked about trades, Joe, and, and, and that's why we could be listeners. We don't make a lot of trades together. We don't. Just because I'm going to be honest with you, you kind of go over the top on a lot of trade offers. That's just the way it is. I mean, a lot of people know uh, you, you stole Michael Thomas. You almost stole Austin Eckler in a, in a three-way trade. You, you, you've stole a lot of trades. I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't want to make this about you and me. It's just, I don't sure. operate that way. Okay. Full disclosure. You know? and, and 
I said, I wish I could get these people on the podcast. So oh, you offered me Jelani. You offered me Jelani Woods for Ezekiel Elliott this year. I'm not gonna do that trade. All the trades that people are saying that I've stolen or I've ripped people off were trades that were offered to me. Now we did a startup, and the guy uh, had wanted Jimmy G off my team, and he offered Michael Thomas. This was before Michael Thomas record setting year. I was like, okay. I was like, let's do it. We we put the trade together, and he got Sterling Shepard. I forgot what it was. He was a Giants fan, got his player. He sent this trade over to me. I was like, all right, you know, I'll go down one quarterback and run out Derek Carr. I accepted the trade. Two years later, I went. Uh, he has a 190 reception, whatever the record is, and I stole him a year before. I just did a trade where I got I sent out this guy sent me an offer of a first round pick and something and AJ Dillon for Chris Carson and I forgot who the other running back was even involved in that trade. I was like, is he really sending me this trade? I was like, I guess he really wants Chris Carson. I think he can win now. Hit accept. And now I've got two first-round picks. But people send me the trades. I don't send the, those trades out like that. The Austin Eckler thing, these guys are having a conversation, wanting to do a three-way. I was like, this is the only, <laughs> play, this is, <laughs> this is the only player I'm interested what, in. Wanted to do a three-way? Sure, I'll jump into that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, these, these, a lot of those trades that, that you got people think are so, and now they're like, oh, we're not going to trade with you because, because you have to win or because you, you rob people. I don't, I don't personally rob people. I lose. I just t- traded DJ Moore for the one nine in a t- in the twenty twenty two draft. I got no problem losing trades to get the team that I want. But as long as we know where the price starting point is, when you go to someone and put someone in the block, I feel that's the proper etiquette and the way to get started. You if you now if they're not on the block, I think that's a whole different story. Shoot your trade offers and try to start dialogue because I was like, if he's not on the block, obviously I want to keep Jamar Chase. He's like, hey, I'm going to send you an offer of Jamar Chase. Anything you're looking for? I'm like, yo, send an offer. We'll, we'll talk. If it's if you're sending me two third-round picks in the fifth, you know, I'm kicking you out of the league. But if you send something and say, oh, okay, this is interesting. I don't want to trade him, but now we can have a, a dialogue. But don't ask me, say, hey, is Jamar Chase available? I mean, anyone's available. All right, send me something. I need to send you something for a player that you're asking from me? Again, two, two wrong ways. Set a price. Or if someone wants a player on your team that you're not trying to sell, they need to build the trade and send it to you. They obviously want this player. What are they willing to give up? Junior, jump in here, man. We've been, we've, hey gone, we've gone back and forth too much on it. Lord, Go ahead. Here. I'm going to unmute here for a second and uh, you know, hop <laughs> back in the conversation. I'm glad we got that out. Looks like you guys need to get that out. So I'm glad we did that. But, um, <laughs> The way I go about conversations kind of reel it back here is I'm a guy who just slide in the DMs. I'll text you be like, hey, uh, what do you want for John Mechie? And then we go back, oh, I'm looking for this, looking for that. And I say, oh, I can do this. Uh, I'm more of a guy who I will write out the entire trade in text before I even send any offers. Um, so I'm kind of like a negotiation guy. Let's get a conversation going. Let's start talking about some values. What are you looking for here? Um, I don't really like to just send out offers or you know, because I tend to just I'll send out an offer and I'll just get declined and I won't hear back from him at all. So I don't really like to do that. I usually like to start a conversation and be like, hey, what do you want for this player? I'm interested. And then we kind of start a conversation from there. So I guess I would say I'm probably closer on the geo side of this argument if I had to pick a side here between dad and dad. But um, <laughs> I would, um, yeah, I think if you put a player on the block, that means you are looking to trade that player. So that way you should put a value on that player that you want to trade. That's what I would say. But so, obviously, so. I also agree to the aspect where you can send you can send me an offer for anybody. I'll listen to offers for anybody. But if I put a player on the trade block, that means I'm looking to trade that player, and I'm going to give you what I'm looking to trade him for. So, 
I don't disagree with a lot of that stuff, but the thing is, don't, guys, don't use the trade block. Okay, do I? You guys play in leagues? Do I ever put anybody on a trade block? I mean, I've done it recently with a, not recently, but I think in the right before the season ended last year, I did with a couple players. One was Patrick Mahomes. But come on, people, we're not gonna trade Patrick Mahomes, right? Did not so put I, him on the block. Okay, so but anyway, but anyway, do I put people on the block all? Of, no, I don't do that. I still trade my players, right? It's a stock market, like it's, that's about. It's kind of a. I know I'm repeating myself, but the, the trade block is is dumb in itself. Okay. Yeah, I also, uh, um, I don't agree with the aspect of when people put players on the trade box and they're basically just price checking these players. Correct. I'm not going to give you any more free price checks. When people put players on a trade block, I don't send them offers until they give you something that they're looking for. I'm not just going to give you what I think this player's worth. And then you can decline and be like, oh, I should be asking for more. I don't do anymore. I'm not giving people free, you know, price checks on people anymore. Right. And, and that, that I agree with 100%. Yeah. And I don't want people listeners thinking that, come on, me, me and Jim, we debate a lot about all the time on this stuff. We cool. Okay. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, We've had these conversations before. We're, we're just on two separate views of trades. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, on, on trade startups. Don't get me wrong. When you're yeah. negotiating, we, we feel the same about negotiating. Well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, David, and Jim, I'm sure you feel the same way. If, if I'm working a trade with somebody, do not tell me how your offer makes my team better. Bro, this is my team. Stop. Don't be like, yo, you need a new quarterback. You got to get this guy. I'm like, hey, I, you say some stuff like that in the DM, I'm already turned off. We're, we're probably not making a trade. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do don't yeah. be a, don't don't be a car salesman. Yeah, okay? someone who just had that recently happen to me, it really does not uh, you know, help your, you know, respect level in the chat <laughs> if you want to tell me what you think I should do with my own team. Don't yeah. be too aggressive, right? Don't be you, you want to keep the lines of communication open for the next trade. If you're too aggressive, someone's going to turn you off. Yeah. I think if you have to bargain and kind of talk up your own trade offer, it means it was a bad trade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I, I've, I've had those trade discussions where the guy, like, he's on the fence. And I was like, okay. I was like, look at my team then. Is there something you would like me to add to this? Because I know it's a player I really want. This actually happened. Um, we had a rookie draft a while ago um, in the one league. And I was trying to trade a pick. I was on the clock and I was like, okay, I don't want to draft this pick. I think it was one nine. I ended up taking Jameson Williams, but I, I spent 30 minutes with a guy. We were working on a trade. He was going to come up to one nine and I was getting uh, some players from his team. As a matter of fact, I was, I was actually trying to get uh, Calvin Ridley uh, from his team and some running back. And I know I was not going to have really for the whole year. So I wasn't trying to sell too much to get a player. I'm not going to be suspended. And we were working and we were this close. And I was like, Hey, is there any other player I need to add to this? And he told me what to add. He looked over and said, the only reason he doesn't want to pull the trigger on that is because he just, he, he wasn't ready to move off of Calvin really just yet. But we can revisit that in season, especially if he thinks he's going to win. There's something like that. So, but I wasn't pushy. I wasn't like, no, man, you need to drive this pick because you're not going to have Ridley. That's the kind of thing that, that turns people off in, in trade conversations. Ooh. Uh, oh, I just saw, but anyway, one of the things me and you agree on, Joe, is don't leave a trade offer there. Okay, I'm 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 in the firm understanding. If you see a trade offer, and you either know right away you like it or not. If you don't like it, reject it. Don't let it sit there for three or four days. I personally pull my offer after a day. I, sometimes I even pull them off the three. If I've seen on sleeper you read that offer and haven't accepted it yet, three hours I'm pulling it. I'm withdrawing that offer. Yeah. I, I don't let trades stick out there. All right. Uh, one more thing on trades uh, before we move on to the next, the last question. This is my question. 
Oh, if you decline a trade, do you need to give an explanation? Do you feel you should explain why, or not explain, but be like, hey, I'm not interested in this, or can you? Is it just a reject and move on? To reject and move on. Um, I'm on the other side. I would say you at least tell the guy why you declined it, give him a little bit of a reason. Because um, I hate when that happens to me. I send a trade offer, get declined, and nothing happens. So I would say at least tell them like I'm just not interested if that's what it is. But I would give them some kind of reasoning of why. But only if they ask, right? If they don't ask, you're not offering that up, right? Nah, I, I offer it. Okay, okay, okay. I uh, well, if, if it's egregious, I, I decline, and because I, I, what I would respond back, we probably be fighting because I've got <laughs> some of those trade offers. I'm like, dude, stop, just don't. <laughs> Hey, here, here's a post on Dynasty Nerds that, man, who's this sound like, Joe? Me again. I'm still on my quest of understanding why a taxi squad should exist. I'm sorry. Are we ready for the next question? I <laughs> <laughs> can't believe you brought that up. Well, I'm, I'm so glad letting the listeners ask that question because we'll be here another half hour. <laughs> so <I don't> <laughs> uh, anyway, last, last listener question right here. Uh, it involves trade calculators. Hey, it goes to you, Junior. Like, how do you feel about trade calculators? How much do you rely on them? And if you want to drop your favorite trade, uh, your top three trade calculators, we're fine with that, too. Ooh, I don't know if I would be able to do that. <laughs> 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 um, I think this is a really good question. This question was submitted by a, a very uh, loyal listener, Zig32. He is getting married this weekend. So I want to congratulate him on getting married and all that. Still love this little shout out. I'm giving him in the pod. Sucker but, um, every day. <laughs> but um, I personally, I like using multiple different calculators and I kind of get a good idea of what a value a pro player would be. I don't like sticking to just one calculator because you're only looking at um, one person's or like a group of small people's opinion on a player rather than a community's opinion on a player. So for me personally, I like to get, I think this guy's worth a second. Let me go see what this calculator says. Like, oh, this guy's worth the third in this one. Oh, but this one is worth the first. So he's probably like an early second trade value. So that's kind of how I use calculators. Um, I kind of get an idea from all of them and kind of bring them all together. But I've been playing Dynasty for a couple of years now to where I kind of have my own feel for what I think players should be worth. And I kind of use the calculator to see if I'm in the ballpark. Good answer, Junior. So let me ask you a follow-up question, Junior. Mm-hmm. Do you like to trade calculators? I do. Use a few. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it help set price on trades? It helps. Without you asking the question? Uh, I would say yes, in a, in a way. Okay. But, um, you know, I'm all about to chat. I got you. I like the, I like the answer, and that's probably what I would – I, I, I use them a lot. Don't let them to be just your deciding factor, right? Um, it's a piece to what I use for trades. I got to like the player, right? I got to like the player that I'm getting returns. I got to not like the, the players that I'm giving up. Um, but I also like to see it from a value perspective. This is how I know what a player is worth. Now, if I'm using one calculator, then that's probably not a good idea. And I probably should ask, what is the price? probably should have some follow-up conversations but if i'm using i'm not gonna lie guys i use like five of them okay if they're all in the same range which some of them normally are then i know the price so that kind of helps my argument on number nine 
Yeah, it, it, you know what, Dave? You're absolutely right. It does help your argument because every single person playing Dynasty uses calculators. But you do. So here's the problem. So you do, so you can use that to go off of the trade. I, I know what, what the calculator standard value is, but how do I know David feels the same way about that player? Who, do you have a player that, that's like, I know what the calculators tell me Cal Pitts worth. You can't buy Cal Pitts for what any calculator is telling you because people hold Cal Pitts at a different level. I don't know how this person feels about Brandon Cooks. I know how I feel. I know what the calculators feel. Maybe this guy loved Brandon Cooks in his 18 league. And instead of me getting him for a second, he has to have a first and a third. That's why I asked the price. We can go back to nine. It's like if the calculator gives you a feel once a trade's been built, you want to see how, you know, like that. I understand that. But when someone's a personal uh, feel on a player, that, that's what it all comes down to. So what do you value as a, that player? Because this is what you would like to get in exchange. Because I feel this guy's this valuable, or I feel this guy is less valuable. For whatever you feel the value of the player, that's what you're telling me your price is. So guys that you and I know, like, hey, we I feel like this guy, he's the top 12 in this position. He should probably go for a couple of firsts, maybe two firsts in a second. This guy was like, hey, man, I think this guy is three firsts and a player. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm not paying that price. Even though the calculators have told me that he's worth two firsts in a second, which Maybe I wouldn't pay that, and I might give him the 23 first. I was told earlier that the running back class won't miss, but maybe I give him some 25. But uh, another story, I'm just saying, that's what it is. It's all about, and since every, all 12 owners are, well, I'm in this one league where there are 12 owners, but two of the owners, uh, they're the same player because one has to follow the other. Um, but everyone else, so we have 11 owners, but they have 11 different opinions, 11 different viewpoints on the players in, and how they feel about them and what they feel the value is or that they should be getting in return. That's why I asked the price, especially if you're looking for draft capital versus player. If the guy, like, I could have all the draft capital in the world, and the guy's like, hey, I want a young running back, and all I got on my team is Saquon, Chase Edmonds, and Miles Gaskin. I know I'm out. Don't let your league mates set the price. Let the, commu- let the calculators help you that, but also let the community help you that. All right, so if we're gonna let the calculator set the price, Dave, I don't let drop, I don't drop I, some drop some calculators for the for the listeners so they know what calculators they should be using to set prices and trades. If you let your league mates set the price, you're gonna lose trades. Because your no, league no. mate, your league mates are always you gonna, your league you mates are always gonna yes. buy less. You don't have to say yes. You, you, no, it's like he's like, hey, uh, this this guy's a second. I'm like, okay, then no. So guys, you know, you know, you guys do know after this podcast, we why me and Joe don't make a lot of trades. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, we're just on two opposite ends. That, there's that. nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Thanks for that Chris Godwin trade a few years ago. Uh, yeah, that, that anniversary yeah, coming that, up. That one, that one, that one. Yeah, you got me on. Yeah. Ooh, and who built that trade, David? <laughs> yeah, I, I was me, but I just again. Don't. But hey, I'm taking advantage, everyone. When people build these <laughs> trades, send them to me. It's my fault. <laughs> So now I have to decline every trade, but hey, guys, I'm winning this trade. Here, take this instead. I guess that's what I have to do. Anyway, <laughs> a whole different thing. But I do agree with you guys on the calculator. Um, once I – and I do the calculator for me personally after I'm ready to accept the trade. Or sometimes before I, I send one just to see, it's like, okay, I don't want to get laughed at. I don't, want, I don't want that quick reject and no dialogue because, quote, unquote, he thought it was egregious. So I'll check it like that either beforehand or, like, ooh, I like this trade. Let's see how even it is. And I'll run it through one, two, three, one. I think I run it through four different calculators just to see. And then the one calculator I use is just way, you know, different. But it's how they weigh draft picks and things like that differently. So, but I, I, I do like to see some different ones. But David, what calculator should these so guys be you using? Definitely, you definitely need to have 
uh, for Dynasty, I would recommend calculators. This is hard sometimes to determine value. Um, it just, just in general, I that's why I would I would recommend them. You don't have to have five or four like me and Joe. Probably probably one would do good just to get you to start out. My general rule of thumb is when I do trades, regard on both sides, I can't, I kind of keep it in the ten point range, right? I don't want to go. I don't want to feel like I'm winning more than ten, and I don't want them winning more than ten. I always try to make, the, and you guys can answer this. I, you guys, I don't, when you see trades, you're like, I don't, there is not a lot of them that I just totally rip people off. Just don't believe in it. Um, I've rejected trades where I thought I did. And you've done some bad trades that you should have put in the calculator. <laughs> exactly. I will lose trades more than I will win. Yeah. What was that, uh, that one you made? Was that when you traded Eckler for Jalen Samuels? It sure did. Yeah, I thought that was actually. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not. Nominated. I mean, we, we, saying, we all can't. Be I'm just saying, we, 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 all, we make some terrible trades. <laughs> we all can't be you getting Eckler for a third round pick in a three way trade. Hey, we, no, you guys can't, but you can try. <laughs> um, all right, all right. So that's our, our 12 questions, our 10 regulars, and the two junior questions to start out the five. Um, junior, you want to get into any of these bonus questions real quick? We probably got, we've only been talking for like, you know, an hour and 10. You want to drop one or two of those in there? <laughs> Um, I, I'm trying to look at them now. I guess we can try and find a quick one to say. Um, uh, I kind of like, give me one of your favorite best ball dart throws, David. How about that? I can't, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. No, not for best. No, <laughs> I like that though. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to bring this one up because I've been doing a decent amount of best ball week myself. I've kind of been started into the underdog, you know, done a couple drafts, and I've kind of liked some of the teams I've built so far. And I want to say I'm getting Alan Lazard at a phenomenal place. I do I have love. Him on, I have I him in sixty percent of my underdog leagues already, and you are able to get a pretty solid. Green Bay Packers stack late in drafts. Rodgers are going around like the 100 overall pick. You can get Lazard and Christian Watson on a back-to-back pick kind of two rounds later. It's phenomenal. So that would be my – if you're starting your best ball league, look for a Green Bay stack. Um, before I answer this question, Junior, I have that. You said you've done a few on underdogs? Yes. Because I was told that underdog didn't go live until July 2nd, and I actually got yelled at because I started one earlier. And then, like, I got in trouble for that. Did you not get in trouble for that? Oh, I do not get in trouble because that is my own rules. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I got I got to work on Monday, and I had to I was in, I had to go stand in the corner. I had to wear the dunce hat. Like, I got in a bunch of trouble for doing a a, a best ball league over the weekend. But uh, anyway, I have having another man tell you when you can do fancy drafts. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> is this I, the yo. same guy that's talking about AJ Dillon's quads? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, for me, uh, there, there are two dark throws that I love. And in the last round of these underdog drafts, and, and, and this is strictly being a homer, I'm taking out Isaiah McKenzie wherever I can get him. Uh, he's going to be a great gadget guy. Uh, like we saw there's two games last year where he scored a multiple touchdowns just for, like for a dark throw. In the last round, you want to fill a receiver role. Um, I know they brought in Crowder. I know they drafted Khalil Shakur. I know Gabe Davis has, has shown up. He's going to be the guy. But if McKenzie gets any kind of touches anywhere in that Buffalo offense, kick return, punt return, whatever, like he could have one or two games where he might have one catch, but it's like an 80-yard touchdown and he can run the kickback. And now you get all these points that you can just pick in. So, um, But secondly, the guy I'm drafting now is not really a dart throw. 
But at his price, like I'm getting him and anywhere from pick 60 to 72 is Juju Smith-Schuster. The guy was a, a been a wide receiver one most of his career, and now he's getting upgraded quarterback. So you you steal him in that fifth, sixth, seventh round. I think he has the potential to, to finish the year as a wide receiver one weekly. And um, not not that I'm jumping on the Chiefs wagon, David, and I don't think he's going to be like, you know, your, your Jamar Chase or whatnot, but there's no reason at all why he shouldn't finish as a top 12 wide receiver. And every week, I think he has the potential to score 18 to 25 points, and he should, he should be averaging that. Don't touch Juju in any format, guys. This is why I don't talk to you. <laughs> I love the Isaiah McKenzie, though. I'm not a best ball, but that sounds like a good best ball pick. Um, and Lazard, I, I'm drafting. I'm taking Lazard everywhere, every format. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be Green Bay's wide receiver one. Uh, Amari Rogers, I never saw it with him last year. Christian Watson, he may. He's probably gonna be good, but he's not gonna be good his first year, right? So if anybody's gonna produce. Randall Cobb. It's going to be Lazard. And it's not going to be Sammy Watkins. <laughs> Yo, people forget Sammy Watkins is only 26 years old. <laughs> him and uh, him and Hamler compete to see how many games they can miss. Oh, too soon. <laughs> too soon. Uh, uh, special note, we are now taking applications for new hosts on the podcast. And this will be the wise opinion one's last one until he learns how to drink. <laughs> <laughs> You asked for that one. Yeah, uh, I did. So, all right. Hey, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, these questions we got from the listeners. Um, I think we'll do this once a year um, in the summer, especially as uh, we get done with rookie drafts. And, and uh, Man, I can't believe it. It's a lull. Man, but, we should at least got one more in there, man. So, hey, you want another question? Keep, trade, or cut. Go ahead. Throw it in there. Which one? Lance, Lawrence, or Fields? This is a good one. Yes. All right, go ahead. Hit it. You, you, you brought it up. You started I'm keeping Lawrence. I'm trading Fields and I'm cutting Lance. Ooh, interesting. Junior, I would say I would I would keep Lawrence. I would trade Lance because I think his value is higher, and I'd probably cut Fields because the situation in Chicago is pretty gross. Yeah, I would agree. I kind of um, agree with that, but I still like Fields. But I, I agree the situation is not good. Um. Well, and, and, and for the listeners, go and get their receipts. I know I said earlier in this, uh, back in season one, we were talking about players that you guys need to go get Trevor Lawrence. But I am keeping Fields, and I am trading Trevor Lawrence, and I am cutting Trey Lance. And the only reason I'm trading Trevor Lawrence is because I feel you, I will get the most return on him right this very second. Stock market. And, yep. And there you go. I'll get the most return. Hey, I wonder if somebody's going to ask you what the price is. <laughs> Yo, if I put him on the, I'll put Trevor Lawrence on the block, and I was like, hey, I need uh, in a super flex, which is pretty much standard. I know I'm going to get yelled at for uh, talking about single quarterback leagues. So a super flex league, I put him on the block with a, hey, the starting price is two first-round picks and veteran quarterback. So if you want to give me a 23, a 24, and Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence is all yours. And that price probably is the same on a trade calculator. Mm, well, hey, why don't you bring one on off and tell us what the website is? <laughs> We wild, man. Something wrong with us. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. So, hey. It's just a cycle. Yeah, hey. Give the people one calculator, guys. Oh, it's DTC. Dynasty Trade Calculator is definitely one. And, I, and I'll give you the other one. I like the, DL, the, the DLF Dynasty one as well. Okay. Two calculators. Yeah. Wow, DTC. you're getting a double. Yeah. 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 Um, there's a Dynasty Process Trade Calculator. Uh, that's yeah, a free. That's, nice. that's a free one. 
Um, is that because know. it's in Philadelphia? It's all about the process. Yeah, trust the process, bro. Trust the process. Yeah, that's a don't use that one. <laughs> really? Do you do you want me to tell the people what you tweeted the other day? No, no, we've gone too how, long. We've gone too long. How you want John Wall back? <laughs> we gone. <laughs> okay, then. We gone too long. <laughs> anyway, so all right, sorry guys. Hey, I can't help it. It's the summer. We 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 stay off the rails. We can't even stay on task anymore. So. <laughs> Um, no, it was good. Uh, I love some of these questions. And again, like I said, we'll, we'll do it again next year. Uh, so uh, once oh. we get into that, that off, what you got something else? Hey, Joe, the DTC one I gave you, I'm up for renewal. Can I get your credit card? Uh, yes, the number is one, two, three. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, hey, you want to be renewed? You don't pay for the, the year subscription up front, automatic renewal? Not I, do. You, not I, I forgot about it. Yeah, but I got what happened was my, my, my account got messed up. Oh, okay. Um, let me ask you a question real quick, Dave. Since you brought it up, does your does your wife know how much money you spend in the? In no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, uh, Junior. Earlier, you said something about one of our listeners, Zig Thirty Two, get married this weekend. Yo, uh, make sure that he knows or his wife knows that if he's going to continue to be in fantasy with us, uh, and he's going to commit eventually to Debbie and C to C. That this is a lifestyle, so she's going to be the mistress. This fantasy world is going to be his new wife. So make sure you let him make sure you let him know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be letting them know. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, uh, all right, guys. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, we got a couple more podcasts coming up before we get back into our regular program this summer. I think July. What are we doing in July, David? July 4th. No, we're not doing a podcast. <laughs> I don't like. Anyway, uh, July, the first podcast, we're going to talk about some trades, some recent trades. And maybe we'll find out how the trade started. Someone asked for a price. Or they should we go? Should, should we discuss <laughs> trades again? <laughs> It'll be fun. Uh, no, talk about some recent trades uh, and some things like that. Um, and then at the end of that, we're going to end of August. We're going to talk about some of the Debbie drafting and C to C drafting, best ball drafting strategies. Um, and August, I'm really excited for this because we just put this together the other day. We are going to rank uh, our top twelve in each different format. Top twelve. Uh, for redraft top 12 for uh, dynasty startups like and top 12 for debbie and or c to c we might just go right right to c to c you know what we'll, we'll do debbie and c to c on combined um i think those will be some good ones especially for for those guys that will be doing redraft leagues later on in august uh, to get them ready for that so um until next time guys unless you guys got anything else you want to say to the people thanks for listening to us that we kind of probably went kind of long and got a little bit more debatable than normal but all good and fun yeah, thanks for hanging out, guys. I might be uh, submitting my own podcast for the recent trades one so that way I can get my points across. Um, um, <laughs> it was, but it was pretty good. It was a good talk. Yeah, so, all right, guys. Until next time, I am uh, at all underscore formats. That's at the wise opinion one, at Lord underscore Hinky. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, slide into the DMs. And um, if you have any bonus questions, yo, tweet at us, and we'll, ask, we'll answer them uh, uh, in real time. So, all right, until next time, this is the All Formats Podcast. Peace.